How are you guys? Is it ECV? ECV, right? Eagle EVC. <laughs> Before I start, I would like to commend your pastor for doing this three times every Sunday and your worship. <laughs> We're, uh, can we give your pastor a big <laughs> applause? I'm so excited. Uh, they said the third service is the best service. Don't tell the first and second service <laughs> because they practiced already <laughs> on the first and second service. I'm so excited to um, give, be giving my testimony in front of you guys. Seven years ago, I took the longest flight of my life, air, airplane ride, a total of 21 hours plus a layover of four hours to land in Atlanta, Georgia from my country, the Philippines. I have never thought I'm gonna live a life I've never dreamed of living. My real name is Kiwani Vallejo. I know it sounds Hawaiian, but I'm not from Hawaii. They said I'm from, I'm from the Philippines. The Philippines is composed of 7,108 islands, depending when it's low tide or high tide. When it's high tide, of course, <laughs> you less uh, some of the islands. I was born to a very poor family in the middle of that country. Um, it's called the Visayas region. I have three elder brothers ahead of me, but they didn't make it. They died because of lack of medical attention. Third brother, he was supposed to be born C-section, but my family couldn't afford the hospital bills. So what they did, they cut my mom open without anesthesia. My mom screamed for pain, but my brother didn't make it. My mom survived. I remember as a child, me, I have another sister who was born. Me and my sister would beg my parents, Ma, Pa, I can't sleep. We can't sleep at night. We were so hungry. We would settle for rice or soy sauce, rice and salt for, for the day. But even my parents would give up what they eat. It would still be not enough. I remember when apples were imported from America to the Philippines. Me and my sister were so excited to just taste an apple. We don't have apples in the Philippines. So we would beg our parents, hey, mom, pa, please, let's buy an apple. But even a rotten apple, we could not afford to buy. My parents, because my dad is always drunk, they would fight every day. They would constantly fight. My mom said she's in the verge of leaving my dad. But our lives started to change because God is good. When one day, my dad picked up a track from the floor of, in his workplace. You know the track, the reading material about Jesus Christ? Sometimes we just discard it. But he went to this crusade, and in that crusade, he received Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And you know what? For the very first time, he went home sober. My mom was like, what's wrong? What happened to you? <laughs> because every day, he would pass out very, very drunk. The very next morning, he went home again, and he is sober. My mom was asking him, are you cheating on me? What's wrong with you? Because <laughs> it's not your normal. But he's, he told my mom, I received Jesus Christ as my, person, as my personal Lord and Savior, and you need to come with me. You need to go to this church. So me, my mom, my sister, and I, we, we, would, we go to this church. And in, the, in this church, we would go to a Sunday school and we would hear about Jesus because this is the third service I would sing <laughs> about what I've learned in Sunday school. Do you remember the, the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children? 
It goes like this. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, all the children is precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. I know it's true, but at that time, when they would say, God provides, God loves the little children, in my very young mind, if that's Jesus, then what's wrong with us? What happened? Why don't we have the food in our table? Why don't we have nice clothes? I remember I would peep at my neighbor's house. They have a television, and I would pretend watching television, but I would look at their table and see food on their table. And I would remember thinking, what's wrong with us? What happened to us? But you know what? God is faithful and he is good. Because at the age of seven, somebody from Australia picked up my packet and sponsored me. And the very first thing that he wrote to me, he said, Kiwi, you are pretty. And Kiwi, Jesus loves you. I have never thought of myself as pretty before. I thought pretty is just for sweet little kids who have nice clothes, little bow in their hair. I've never thought of beautiful but this person who doesn't know me wrote me and he said, Kiwi, you are beautiful. And I thought to myself, God, is this how you see me? God, am I beautiful in your sight? God, I'm not just a statistic. I count. God, you number the hairs in my head. You know me. At that moment, I received Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And I would go to a compassion project. And my teacher would tell me, you know what, Kiwi, this might be your situation, but this is not your destiny. If you can open your Bibles in Jeremiah 29, 11, Jesus said, for I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And in that same chapter, he said, seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. So I begin to memorize verses. I begin to read my Bible. I begin to dream dreams. I begin to dream about my family. When I was a kid, I dream about going to Disneyland. And I said, Lord, I know you have a plan for me. I know that this is not my destiny. You know, when we receive Jesus Christ, our lives didn't drastically change. We were still poor. We were still lack lacking. But what changed is the condition of our hearts. The condition of our hearts hoping that God is good, that God has planned something better for us. At the age of nine, my parents decided to move to the central business district for a better um, place for us, for, a better, for better jobs. You know, I know here in America too that's, um, true to you that you would move to a bigger city to get good jobs. So they moved there. And I said, how about my sponsors? I'm like, I'm moving to a new community, new church. But you know what? God is not hindered by distance or space. When I, we went to this new um, community, there's a church there with a compassion program. And my compassion sponsors continued their writing letters, and I said, Lord, you're amazing. 
you're not hindered by any distance or any space. And then in Manila, I thought we will have a better life, better, we will have more food. But you know what? We struggled more. And I was thinking to myself, Lord, what's, what happened? Because we would transfer from one house from another because we cannot afford the rent of the house. I remember me and my sister, we would wake up one day, and in our bed, there is, it's flooded. And not the, the floods that you have here in Texas, like the brown flood, the water. But there, it's very pungent, very smelly, with all the garbage and rats. And I remember my dad would carry us to a higher ground so that every day we can go to school. But you know what? I told my mom, Mom, I want to get out of here. I want to go to college after this. I want to take up something. I want to be, I want to graduate college. And then my mom said, just pray because God will provide and God will provide. In Philippians 1.6, he said, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. At that time, when I was graduating high school, there's not a program for kids to go to college yet with Compassion. Compassion partners with 26 other countries. And at the time of my graduation, they told me, you know what, Kiwi, we launched this program, not in any other country, but your country, and you're going to be able to go to college. That lady that is standing in front of you right now is a physical therapist. I have never thought of going to be able to go to college, get an education. Nobody in my family went to college. But God made it possible for us. God made it true. God answered my prayer. After graduation, there's this test um, that you need to take to be able to practice. But this test is so difficult. It's a licensure exam to practice physical therapy. Only 2% in the Philippines passes this exam. So I told the Lord, Lord, if I take this test, you said in your word that we're not the tails but the head. So I want to top this exam. But I'm just bargaining with God because I'm just scared <laughs> to take the test. So um, to all the young people who's going to take the test, of course, I prayed, prayed, and prayed, and I studied too. So study. <laughs> and then at the time that I'm gonna, I took the test, it was the most difficult exam in my life. It's 600 items for two days. And I said to the Lord, Lord, after this, I don't want to take this exam anymore. <laughs> Whatever happens, I'm never, ever going to take this exam. But you know what? The day that the, the result is going to be out, I look at my devotional and read the verse. And he said, all of my promises to you are yes and amen. And at 2 a.m. in the morning, somebody called me and he said, is this Kiwani Valeo? Yes, this is Kiwani Valeo. Ki Kiwani, you landed 10th of all the 1,700 kids or students who took the test. 
And I was so happy, and I was crying, and I told the person on the other line, God is so good. And he's like, yeah, yeah, God is so good. No, you don't, <laughs> you don't realize God is so good. He answered my prayer. Because of that, I received this medal. And as I was receiving this medal, I thought of my sponsors. It has been years at that time that I have not uh, spoken to them, have not written a letter. And in their very last letter, they said, Kiwi, if ever you come to Australia, we would be delighted to meet you. Every year in a church, we have a prayer and fasting, but I don't join <laughs> because I've experienced hunger. So why would I join prayer and fasting? But that year, I was convicted. <laughs> so I joined prayer and fasting. And I prayed for, I'm going to meet my sponsors. I really prayed, Lord, I want to meet them. And you know what? God answered my prayers. I have a picture of them. That's Edwin and Vina Bonnie. I call them mommy and daddy. When I saw them in Australia, um, it was in an event. And they said, what can you remember about your sponsors? And I said, I could never forget how they wrote me, how they loved me unconditionally. They, they're not related to me, but they supported me from seven years old until I graduated. And then they said, you know what, Kiwi? Tonight, your sponsors are here. And when I saw them walking up to the stage, I run to them and hug them and just, thank you, thank you, thank you, because you changed my life. You made a difference in my life. You didn't just change my life, but my family's life. And I know one day my community, my mom now is a pastor of a small community church in the Philippines. God is just so amazing. And I asked them, why after graduation you didn't contact me? And I, they said, Kiwi, we want you to be free. We don't want you to feel that you're indebted to us because we don't, we're not asking you for anything. We're doing this because of the Lord. And I said, Lord, your love is amazing. You're not expecting anything from me. You don't, you don't need anything from me, but you love me anyway. You know what? I don't know what situation in your life in your life you are right now but whatever prayers that's in your heart sometimes you're waiting and waiting and waiting but God hears you God knows what's inside your heart and he's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think God is just so good um four years ago I got married <laughs> Uh, to this Terry Cook who's a chef, <laughs> and he's from Tennessee. And I invited my parents over to America. It's their first time to be in America. And you know where I took them? I have a picture. <laughs> you see that picture? <laughs> I took them to an apple orchard. <laughs> and <laughs> my dad was picking up apples from the ground, and I said, no, dad. We're not picking up rotten apples from the ground. God has blessed us to be picking up apples from the tree. And we were just celebrating. We're crying in that apple orchard, celebrating of the goodness of the Lord. 
And my dad saw these small apples being, like, you put it in the canyon and then you shoot it. And then, what's wrong? Why are they doing that? My dad was like, that's food. And we were just celebrating, celebrating. You know what? God has been really, really good to me. I've never thought that I'm going to be speaking in a crowd, that little Kiwi from the Philippines. I've never thought that God will use me mightily. Um, I've heard this um, preaching that it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you did, but God can use you. God can use you mightily. I know that God has blessed me to be a blessing to other people too. I sponsor, me and my husband sponsor two kids from the Philippines. The first sponsor child that I have, um, he's now 15 years old. I sponsored him when he was seven, when I was in Australia. I said, I need to, spo- I need to pass this on. I can't contain like, you know, the, the blessing that God has given me. So by fate, I sponsored this child. I didn't have any job at that time, but I called up my friends. Hey, um, let's sponsor this child. So we sponsored him. And then two years ago, we went to the Philippines, me and my husband, and met, my, met our sponsored child. And we told them, hang in there. Don't give up. God has a plan for you. He is able to release you from poverty. He has a plan, something better for you, that only with you, both of you, will be made perfect. And I know that one day, God will give you a platform to tell your friends, to tell your family members, to tell a congregation about the goodness and greatness of God in your life. God is just so amazing and awesome. You know what amazes me more? is that God uses people to change other people's lives. I've never thought of, I, before I thought my, my, my sponsors are like these millionaires, that they have a lot of money to sponsor me. But when I met them, they're just simple people. They just, they're just simple people who respond to God's call. I know there's a hundred of you who sponsors already, You may not be able to see your sponsor children, but on behalf of those kids, you're already planting seeds in their lives. On behalf of those kids that you're sponsoring, I would like to thank you. One day, they'll testify of God's goodness, and you are part of it. Thank you so much. Um, Before I finish, I I would like to read to you what the, pres- the former president of Compassion um, told us on our graduation. He said, never be ashamed of your roots in poverty. You hold your heads high. You may have been born in poverty, but poverty was not born in you. No matter how high God lets you climb, never forget to be grateful. Never forget to reach back and bring others along with you. One by one as we do that. We will change this entire world. Thank you so much, and God bless you. All the glory and honor be unto our Lord. Thank you so much. Well, have you been blessed today, church? Amen. Watching that and hearing Kiwi's story. Can we give her another round of applause? Man. 
Every time I watch that video, that's my third time today, it wrecks me, right? I asked Karen if she would be sure to have uh, tissues, <laughs> Kleenex out in the uh, congregation today because it's such, such a powerful story because it's not just a picture of somebody. Th- this is a real life. You know, didn't you love just seeing the look on the little girl's face, knowing that somebody somewhere in the world decided to invest in her and change her life? This is one of my favorite Sundays out of the entire year. I really love this Sunday. We've been doing this uh, annually now for about five or six years, uh, just doing this uh, Compassion Sunday where we highlight uh, just, the, just the importance of this ministry that we deeply believe in. It's a great ministry that we have been supporting, and many of you have bought into that vision. In fact, uh, uh, I believe this year we've seen somewhere uh, probably since last year's uh, Uh, Compassion Sunday, somewhere around 100 to 120 children that many of you within our church have decided to sponsor. You know what that equates to? That equates to uh, a little over $60,000 a year that EBC, through you, you guys have invested in the lives of children who are, are, are just stuck in poverty all over the world. And that's one of the things that I'm just most blessed by is knowing that that EBC, that you are a giving and a generous congregation. And that you, that you see the value of investing in the lives of people because not only has Kiwi's life been changed, but I love what she said. She said, my family's life has been changed because a sponsor decided to uh, invest in us. And not only my family, but now my mom, she's, she's a shepherd and a pastor in this area, in this community. And it started with uh, the fact that her dad came to know Jesus Christ as his Savior. And so I, I just love that we have that opportunity as a church to continue to support this. And we don't ask you to do anything that our family doesn't already believe in and support ourselves. About five or six years ago when we had our first Compassion Sunday here, at the end of the day, my family went out to the tables that are set up like today and we came across a picture of a little girl named Genesis. What a great name, right? Well, when we look down at the date, we noticed that her birth date is the exact same birth date. I'm not just talking about month or day. She was born on the exact same day that our daughter Trinity came into this world. We were like, God, this is who you want us to sponsor. And again, it touches my heart because we've got to watch as the years go by and as we correspond with her and she corresponds with us and as her picture is on our refrigerator and We see those pictures every year as she's growing and just as my daughter is growing and maturing. We saw the very first picture. Her countenance was was, uh, pretty sad. She looked very sad. And then as the years have gone by and we've watched her grow, we've seen her countenance change. And we've seen her where she looked very sad to where she has a big smile on her face now. And that just reminds us of that. And we've never had the opportunity to to meet her personally yet. We look forward to, Lord willing, having that opportunity to meet her one day. If not here, Lord willing, we will meet her in heaven one day, right? And know that that investment made a huge difference. A few years ago, I was uh, on a mission trip to Vietnam as our church was doing some work in a place uh, in the northern part of Vietnam called Sapa. And while I was sitting at a, in a coffee shop at a, at a little hotel where we were staying there, I was sitting out in that coffee shop. The name of the hotel was the Baguette Chocolat, okay? 
So they had some good bread and they had some great chocolate that was there because it was also a little bakery and uh, the French influence there. As I'm sitting there uh, on that little patio there and all the people of that, of that uh, city, or it was early that morning, they were on their way walking to their places of employment. I was opening my Bible up there in that communist country and I opened my Bible and what I was reading that day for my devotion was this. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 17. And here's what the, the Lord said to me that day. Paul, the Apostle Paul, was training a young pastor named Timothy to shepherd a group of people the way that I've been called as a young pastor. And I like to call myself a young pastor, all right? To shepherd a group of people. I know that's all relative. But here's what he said to Timothy, to that group of people. He said, Timothy... Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. And for so many years, whenever I'd read that passage of Scripture, you know what I would always think? Yeah, yeah, Timothy or Paul, you, you give it to those rich people, right? I mean, those rich people need to hear this. People that are rich need to hear this. And I always kind of thought that Maybe this is a passage for Bill and Melinda Gates. Maybe this is a passage for, you know, Mark Cuban or, or maybe all the, the athletes that make millions of dollars or the Hollywood actors. And as I'm sitting there and as people who are impoverished, are impoverished are walking by me and I'm sipping there on my cafe latte, right, you know, and, and, and reading my Bible there at the, at the baguette chocolate, God said this to me on that day, Bart, you're one of the rich ones realize we live in the wealthiest country in the history of the world. If you live in America, no matter what your income level is, if you live in America, do you realize this? You're rich. Amen? Do we live in a great country? Amen? Have we been blessed with much? Amen? Right? And I love what, what Kiwi said. She said, now I've been blessed and she said I've not just been blessed just to keep it in, in a container all to myself I love what she said now I've been blessed to be a blessing and so she's giving that back not just taking it in for herself teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is so unreliable is it unreliable? absolutely their trust should be in what does it say? in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Has he blessed us, church? Amen? Yes? Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works. And what is the next thing he, does he say? And what? And generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. And by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience, and I love what it says. Let's say it out loud together. What does it say? True life. If you want to know what true life is, it's found in being generous. It's found in giving to others. And I don't know if you feel led by God to get involved in compassion. Maybe you don't. That's okay. But I do pray this for you, and as a pastor to you, I do want to encourage you to live not with closed fists, kind of how we can so easily just, just kind of feel like we are this container and it's all, our blessings are for us. 
The true life is found in living a life with open hands. And that's what we want to teach always here at Eagles View Church. One of the outlets that you have is as God leads. I'm not a high-pressure pastor. I'm not, I don't try to pressure people into giving. That's, we don't believe in that. We believe that the Holy Spirit leads his people. And as God leads his people, that, that God is the one who is going to lead you to be a blessing to others, either through Compassion International or other ways that you can get involved. But as Pastor Randy said, as we prayed over our new members that were coming in earlier today, we are called by God to extend God's kingdom. There are all kinds of ways you can do that. You can do that through compassion. You can do that by getting involved in the work that we have in Honduras. We have an opportunity coming up in the uh, end of July to send a team that's uh, going to be a construction team that's going to be building some homes for needy families there in Honduras. We're involved in Montreal. We've been involved in other parts of the world. You can get involved locally. Uh, we just, we just want to be a church that is not just about us. We want to be a church that is about the world around us. Amen? And that's what God has called us to. And so I just want to lead you in a prayer. If you, you would just maybe open your hands to God right now and just say, here I am, God. I love that Kiwi said this. It, it wasn't the, the millionaires, you know. It was everyday people that made a difference in the life of a child, that made the difference in the life of a family, that changed and is changing a community. How does God want to use you? How could you make a difference? So, Father, here we are. We just present ourselves to you. We love you and thank you so much for the story that we've heard in Kiwi's life, Lord. Thank you for a couple in Australia that was responsive to you, Lord, and invested in her life. And we today have gotten that opportunity to, to hear, Lord, how you changed her life. God, thank you for her being willing to, to be bold enough to come and to share her story three times today with us, with our church family. Lord, there's no telling how many lives are going to be uh, just impacted as a result of that. Lord, I know we heard that already 30 more children have been sponsored in our church. And we rejoice as a church as we continue to grow that the generosity in our church continues to grow. So, Father, will you bless Kiwi to continue telling that story? Will you bless the children that are being sponsored by folks here at EBC today? Would you continue to change lives? Lord, we open our hands to you and we say, here we are, Lord. Use us. Send us. We want to impact the world around us. Lord, some of us are already uh, sponsoring children and maybe we would just be encouraged today to remain faithful in that, knowing that it's changing a life. Lord, maybe there are those that you're leading today to get involved in this ministry. We pray that you would use that, Lord, just in, in, and just make an impact exponentially through that child's life. We just want to be obedient to be your hands and your feet. We recognize that everything that we have, God, comes from you and that you have blessed us and that you have blessed us to be a blessing. We realize, Lord, that we have been blessed greatly, and with that blessing comes great responsibility. And so, God, may we be found faithful until your return. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.